0: uh, We got the first, last, and middle of it. (laughs) Well, in 2011, we got a call that we were going to be shipped off to Hampstead and Upper Cove, Maryland to serve this. Parish and Melissa and I thought Hampstead, Upperco. Where in the world is Hampstead, Maryland? And so one of the first things we did is we got—I like atlases and maps—and we got the maps out, and we found Hampstead. And it was a little tiny town on the map. I don't know if we ever found Upperco um, on that particular map, anyway. And maybe when we went on the computer, we did. But we were wondering about these places that we were going to uproot our family from Frederick and move to. And then once we got here in July, it didn't take very long, maybe a day or two, to figure out that we were going to be right at home. In fact, we were going to love it, and it was going to become home to us. Um, Just as an aside, when I was in Frederick City, um, I wasn't very happy. I didn't like uh, where we lived. Um, I, I missed home. And so when we got here, I felt like I was home again. And I believe, and that's precisely the reason why we loved it here so much right from the beginning. Because it took time to figure out whether we were going to love you guys or not um, and, and that takes time. That's right. So, and, and that took a few weeks. Uh, but a day or two is all it took to know that we were going to be right at home. And and one of the reasons is it reminded both of us, Pastor Melissa and I, of where we grew up. I grew up in a little town called Summit Point, West Virginia. And it was a farming and apple orchard village. Uh, So very, very small uh, town field, not even a town, but a village. And so it was a neighborhood. Everywhere you went was a neighborhood. Uh, Everybody knew your name and every place you went was safe. And and, uh, it was just a great place to grow up. And then Pastor Melissa grew up in Ranson, especially during the times when she grew up. It was a very small town, um, and she grew, up in a, uh, she grew up in the Dairy Queen neighborhood. And So if you knew where Dairy Queen was in Ranson, and that was the place to be, the place to hang out, you know, that was basically her backyard. And of course, Ranson's grown quite a bit since, uh, but, but both very much small towns. And so you knew where people lived, and they knew you, and if you rode your bike, you know, people were watching out for you. Uh, when you went to the store, we had one store growing up in Summit Point. Of course, Ranson had a couple, uh, but you—you you, when you went to the store, you knew people, and so it was a great place to live in terms of being uh, in a neighborhood. Some of our fondest memories we share, even though we were in separate towns, uh, at Christmas time. Uh, my village of Summit Point had a Christmas tree lighting, just like we have here in Hampstead, and uh, that was one of my favorite times of the year as a little boy growing up. And uh, one of the things that our Christmas tree lighting was known for was a bonfire. I mean, we didn't light the tree on fire. So that was a separate, separate part of the night, but just a hot chocolate and bonfire is what I remember most about those nights. Christmas tree lighting and Ransom uh, is, is a great, great memory for Melissa and our family as well, uh, but growing up, for her especially, uh, and one of the main reasons was her dad was the mayor. And so everybody there in the community would gather, and, and uh, her dad would take center stage, and he loved taking center stage. And uh, he would get up there with the microphone, and we, would, we even would say, oh, come on, we just want to light the Christmas tree. But he would be up there preaching, and uh, there was no separation of state and church for him, and he would be telling everybody the gospel story, and, and just great fond memories of, of living in these small towns. And so when we came here to Hampstead in Manchester, Africa, we felt right at home, in these neighborhoods Um, neighborhoods aren't just confined to small towns and many of you grew up in cities or or at least suburbs of cities uh, that are gathered here this this night Um, our oldest annika is in the biggest city in the world Uh, yet she lives in a neighborhood a beautiful wonderful neighborhood called hell's kitchen (laughs) so uh yeah and uh I could insert here all kinds of jokes, but, but it is a great neighborhood feel. and So even she will, over, over time, she'll get to know people and recognize people at the little shop on the corner and that sort of thing. Uh, she actually went to the um, shoe cobbler, is that what that's called? So yeah, so she gets to know those kind of people in a neighborhood field. So it doesn't matter whether it's a farming village or a small town or a big city, where most of us really thrive and, uh, and, and find ourselves at our best are in neighborhoods. That's where memories are made, and that's where we live out our life um, together. Um, It's an important concept here in our biblical story as well. Um, In fact, in the very beginning pages of the Bible, we find neighborhood in the garden. And one of my favorite passages that a lot of times I even forget about, and we forget or maybe we missed along the way is, In the first couple days of creation, uh, God is in the neighborhood, and not just in the neighborhood, but hanging out with Adam and Eve. There's this great little verse or two here in Genesis chapter 3, and so listen to to how, how much God was in the neighborhood. During that day's cool evening breeze, they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden. So God's just walking around the garden. And so we think that it's always been this thing where God was up here and we were down here. But no, he's walking in the garden. He's in the na- He was meant to be in the neighborhood with the people. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the Lord God in the middle of the garden's trees. The Lord God called the man and said to him, Where are you? And so, of course, this is after the ordeal where you know, they're in trouble. Uh, they're in trouble. And so it makes us think, and, and Paul is like, if Adam and Eve wouldn't have messed up, if they wouldn't have fallen to the temptation of the snake, this is the way it was meant to be, that God was going to be hanging with us in the neighborhood. And so we know after this sin, after this original sin, that creates this separation. And so from then um, on, in those following chapters and pages of Genesis, and then on through the Old Testament, we have this separation, and we have this lifelong journey of trying to get reconnected with God, and trying to have that that, that distance, you know, narrowed, you know, through a, a, getting our relationship with God repaired. And so, ultimately, you know, all sorts of things happen in the biblical narrative, and that separation still exists we have the law and we have the prophets and we have all these ways of trying to get reconnected with God on that intimate level and one way or another fails and fails and fails until we get to the Christmas story until Emmanuel comes and when Emmanuel comes in the form of Jesus in the manger we have God with us again just like in the beginning and so one of the reasons I love this passage in the gospel of Luke we have Simeon and Anna, these two of age adults, older adults, retirees. Anna's been there her whole life in the temple. Now, the temple area is a neighborhood in Jerusalem. And it's not just a neighborhood. It is the neighborhood where things are happening. That's where the shoe cobbler would have been, that Anna would have went and got her shoes repaired or her sandals. Uh, this, is, this was the place to be, and it was a neighborhood. And so we have this place where Simeon, you know, had worked, and he had waited, and he's waiting to go home. He's waiting to reconnect with the Father through death, Um, and so he's waiting, and so Simeon and Anna, these two older adults, are some of the first two people to welcome God back into the neighborhood in the form of Emmanuel in this case, and so God is in the neighborhood again through Jesus the Christ, and this story really brings it home. And so the separation that happened in Genesis has now um, been altered, and we have the ability ourselves to reconnect with God, and God comes back, and he's welcomed back into our lives, into our world, into our neighborhood. And then what is the most wonderful part of this story is um, it's not just that Christmas that we think about, it's every day. And so you and I that believe in Christ and welcome Christ into our hearts and have the Spirit with us, we have God with us every day in these neighborhoods. And so the way that affects you and I is that, again, if we, you know, if we believe that and we have that relationship with God through Christ, then God is with us. And so wherever we go, whether we live in a farming village in Summit Point or a third-world country, Or a small town like Ransom or New York City. No matter where it is, where we go, God is there. And in fact, God is already out in our neighborhoods. And God is already up to things in our neighborhoods. You know, wherever we can see hope and healing, uh, that's where God is active. And then that's where we need to be. God is like he's walking in the garden in Genesis. God is walking our neighborhoods. And it's our jobs not just to claim Jesus for ourselves, but to join God out in those neighborhoods um, and take Emmanuel uh, to our neighbors as well. And so that's what we pause here this week in this series of Christmas Every Day to pause and think about God is not just with us every day. God is not just with us at our Christmas tree lightings, you know, wherever and whenever they might be in our towns or villages. God is not just with us at home. God is not just with us here in these pews. God is not just with us at play and work, but God is with us in the neighborhood. And it's because of Emmanuel. It's because of the birth of Christ. And it's because you and I claim that and go out and, and exclaim it as well. And so I give thanks for this story today. Let us pray. Gracious God, we thank you for this message And God is with us in the neighborhoods. It changes everything. Lord, help us to discover ways that you're bringing hope and healing to the neighborhoods that we live in, and the towns and villages all around the world. You are at work. Let us join you in those efforts in order that others can hear about Emmanuel through word and deed. Let us join you in this mission to the neighborhoods. Just as it was in the garden, you have come to us. You are walking with us. Let us exclaim your salvation to others all around the world, not just here in Hampstead, Rubico or Manchester, but everywhere, everywhere, and every day. And all God's people said amen. 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 We'll pause now as we prepare for our offering. So Lois, where did you grow up when you were little? Well, I grew in Where's Subur- that? I'm sorry? Well, we a suburb of so we'll, we'll Philadelphia. Yeah. Keith. Evergreen Park, which is right yes. outside of Chicago. So, so you were, so we, you would describe yourself as an urban child? Yes. yes. yes.
1: And how about you, lowest suburban
0: or urban? Suburban. suburban. But we do a lot of work like church going in the inner city and working in the ghetto. So, you get a lot of, a lot of, of that. It. And where did you grow up? Wild Baltimore. So would you describe yourself as an urban, mm-hmm. an urban child? absolutely. Was, yeah. yeah country. <laughs> yeah. How about you, Mo? Just a little neighborhood between Canton, Highlandtown, Dundalk. You know, just we were cut off on every side by something. And, but it was it was city. The right. Word. But it is. I mean, it is true and interesting that even in the cities you still have a neighborhood feel on your block or whether it's a whole corner or whatever the case may be, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, we, we lived in Baltimore yeah. City often 12 years before we moved down here. Cool. We love that yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. What's wrong, Martha?